Hello and welcome to episode 306 of a Veg Grower podcast. My name's Richard and I love to grow food in my allotment and garden. Now coming up today, I have a little chat with Erica from Erica's Little Welsh Garden. Actually, a really fantastic chat just coming up. Firstly, I'm not going to let you know what I've done over the last couple of days. I'm saving that for Monday's podcast. Instead, what I want to remind everybody is the 24-hour podcast live stream that is coming up this Friday, the 15th of May, 2020 at 5pm. And I want to remind everybody that I need videos and photos that I can use on the show. It's just to give us some content, something to talk about and entertain the viewers. So really, really appreciate all your help for that. Remember, this is for three different charities and we're going to hopefully earn them some nice little bit of money. I have had a few videos come through and I've had a few photos and every single one of them is really, really appreciated. So thank you for all those that have taken part. Anyway, with that out of the way, let's crack on and welcome Erica into the Pod and Shed. Erica, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure. I've been watching your YouTube channel for quite a while. I'd say probably since you first started and you've been growing really, really well over the years, haven't you? Yes, well, I'd like to think so, yes. <laughs> so let's, let's find out a bit about you. Where, where did your beginnings in your gardening world begin? I think the beginning really was when I was a little girl. My mum was a gardener and my gran was a gardener. So, you know, my earliest, earliest memories were, you know, running around the garden, watching my mum pottering around. And I think when I was about seven, my mum gave me kind of a really shady part of the garden, you know, the bit of the garden she wasn't interested in. She gave me some seeds and that was it really. I used to kind of potter around my little bit of the garden and yeah, I think there was a, a buddleia she had in the garden. I cut a bit, a bit of that off and stuck it in my part of the garden. It grew completely out of control and that was it really. And when I was 19 um, and I got my, my own place, I started gardening there. I um, got a subscription to Grow Your Own magazine and I just kind of went from there really. And I haven't looked back since. I don't think since then I've ever missed a harvest. Every year I've grown something. Oh, excellent, yeah. excellent. So you, you got in at quite an early age. Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah. No, so you are based in South Wales, if I'm not mistaken, aren't you? Yes, I'm between Swansea Neath and I'm based in the Swansea Valley. So what's your sort of climate like compared to the rest of the country? Is it a lot wetter than other places or...? Yes, we do get quite a lot of rain. Um, when we first moved here, it was in the summer holidays two years ago, and I think it rained every single day. And I just looked out of these big windows that we had in the house and it was raining and I thought, oh my goodness, what have I done? Um, but luckily we've had a, you know, we had quite a good year the year before last. So hopefully this year is going to be good too. <laughs> it certainly started off with quite some good weather, hasn't it, this year? It's I've never known yeah. it so dry so early on as it has been over these last few weeks. Yeah, and I do think it's caught quite a few people out because we're due, um, I know here we are due a really big frost over the weekend, so a lot of people on my allotments have put things out and I've been thinking, 
that's a little bit early. So we're going to see what's going to happen this weekend. I've been having the same sort of thing. I've been trying to tell everyone, don't pull them out just yet. Wait till mid-May at the earliest. And I'm hoping everyone's taken on that advice and hasn't put anything out, unless it's the brassicas or something. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how everyone's reacted and who has got plants out already. I think, though, this time of in May... Every single year we think, oh, is, is it time to put this out? Not really sure. And you've always got that kind of couple of weeks where, you know, you might put something out and then you're worried or you don't put it out. And I was thinking the people on my allotment, if, if theirs do really well, they're going to be ahead of me. So it's just you never know at this time of year. No, but after years and years of experience, you suddenly learn that you might get away with it, but you might lose everything as well. Yes, I think that's something that I've really kind of picked up over the last few years because now I've, I'm no longer kind of the hobby gardener. I'm actually growing to be kind of sustainable and to become self-sufficient in certain veg. So now, you know, my potatoes are all coming up really nicely and I'm probably going to take some duvets down or something over the weekend just to cover them. And the other people at the allotment think I'm crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't want to lose my veg, and that's that's the thing is that you don't want to lose your veg. It's it's your food source. Um, I've I've been putting together a, a podcast about dig for victory. Obviously, being VE Day celebrations, it seemed to appropriate. And of course, back in those days, in the World War Two era, we relied on our food that we were growing, and if we lost it, we couldn't eat. And we probably would have starved. So that's it. Um, yeah, I was um, reading a book in the library, and it was talking about Swansea allotments. And um, it would quite often say that in the middle of the night, people would go out and pillage off other people's allotments, and then um, you know the little children would be lookouts and stuff. And it's just different times, wasn't it? You know, but I. I read that and thought it was quite a funny little story <laughs> absolutely absolutely you have an allotment can you t t tell us a bit about your allotment okay so i have two allotments now two um yeah on the same site we have um quite a small allotment it's made up of 24 plots but they're a little bit smaller than half plots so it was a small piece of land about eight years ago that wasn't really being used and it got taken on by um you know a group of people that turned it into an allotment association plot so one of my plots is 52 square meters and the other plot that i acquired last year is slightly longer but it has a wildlife pond at the end so it probably has about the same amount of growing space and my first allotment that i had to begin with the 52 square meter plot. That one is really amazing for growing my garlic on and my potatoes. I had a really good harvest last year and I just used that as a dig plot. But the new allotment that I'm using was covered in so many weeds when I took it on last year. I dug it over really quickly, planted loads of crops in there, a little bit of rain, a bit of sun happened and the entire plot exploded with weeds so 
you know, last year I was thinking, I'm not going to be able to cope with this. There are so, every time I dig it, I'm just bringing up these seeds to the surface. It's going to take me years to sort this out. So I decided that I was going to do that as a no dig plot and I've done amazingly well. So um, towards the end of last year, I started covering it with cardboard ready for the beginning of this year. And then about three weeks before lockdown happened, the compost came into the supermarkets or the garden centres and I started buying as much peat-free um, compost as I could and managed to get pretty much most of that covered now, ready to go for this year's kind of squash, sweet corn and things like that. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So you're actually finding that no dig is beating the weeds? Yes, I am finding no dig is beating the weeds, but... This is really early in the season because I only finished maybe putting some of the cardboard down about two months ago and we haven't had a lot of rain. Time will tell. This is still really early days and I've probably only got about two inches of compost over most of the areas. But there's one thing, actually there's two weeds that no dig doesn't work for and that is dandelions and mare's tail. And cooch grass as well. Uh, well, luckily, <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. But mare's tail and the dandelions, you know, you need to dig those out. Yeah, yeah, before. yeah. Same as cooch grass. I mean, I, I've been a lifelong no digger, and I found on this allotment the first time I've came across cooch grass in such a bad way. I'm starting to get on top of it in one half of a plot, but the other half it's taken a while. And although I'm still no digging. It's it's not beating it as well as it should do. But I think the number one problem with it is getting enough compost material in to smother it all out. Whereas yeah. in smaller plots, it's pretty easy to buy. Yeah, but also I think when I first started covering my plot with cardboard, I'd maybe use one layer. There's some bits where I've used three layers of cardboard, so I'm hoping that that might stop things coming through. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You also have a hugel culture bed, don't you? Yeah. Now, I, yeah. let's explain to the listener what a hugel culture bed just is. Hugel culture is a technique used in horticulture where a mound is constructed from deadwood or compostable biomass materials. Yeah. So it means that you can, you know, for instance, with a raised bed, you can fill that raised bed with loads of logs and twigs and things, cover it with compost and then plant into it pretty quickly and it raises the level up so you don't have to spend as much on compost. Right, yeah. But doesn't the, the wood also act as like a sponge for the water and or a wick to get the water from the ground below? Yes, it does. Um, I found this out when I was... Um, I've got half an acre of woodland in my garden and there was lots of kind of rotten wood on the floor and big logs that had been left by the previous owner. And, yeah, they're just saturated with water and, mm. you know, perfect thing to put at the bottom of a raised bed, really. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never done hygge culture myself, but I've seen a lot on it. And I keep meaning, mm, I like the idea of it. I should give it a try. Then I hear a horror story. I don't know if you've heard this story. Somebody in, um, I think it would be America, they built some hygge culture beds in a church. I had permission to do it, but they used some big old tree trunks. All of a sudden, a flash flood came by. Even though they were under the soil, those tree trunks became battering rams down this flood into the <laughs> shops. 
They weren't allowed to garden there again. Yeah, but I thought this story was going to go somewhere else. I thought you need to talk about graves coming up from the ground or something. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a quick way to fill a raised bed, but it's not going to be good for your root veg. And I've one of the hugel culture beds. I I you know, had a little bit of trouble with. So it's you, you do need to make sure you're doing it in the right way or it's not going to be effective. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think doing it in a flood risk area is going to be a, a big no-no <laughs> as well. <laughs> However, it's saying that, I mean, obviously in America, they've got those big old, I forget what the, the type of trees are called, but they are big trunks. Like redwood. That's it, redwood. And th- you're not going to get those here in the UK, so... We're probably not going to have that same problem at all. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, how how has the hygge culture beds worked for you so far? Have they been a, a massive improvement, or I would say they don't work as well as a bed full of you know lovely kind of topsoil and compost because there's a bit of tree in there, you know. So it, it's not as you know the roots can't go into that tree. So it's been okay. At the moment, I've got onions growing in there, but the onions I've got growing in there have fresh compost, which is a peat-free compost, but it's quite woody. I think it's going to take a couple of years for that hugel culture bed to really bed in and for some of that tree to start decaying and leave kind of a lovely hummus behind, you know? Yes, it's, um, it's kind of interesting. And this is all on your YouTube channel, isn't it? Following all this journey. So, yeah, if anybody yes, does want to uh, follow that and find out a bit more, head to your YouTube channel. Yes, please. Yes. So what, what are your plans, obviously, throughout this year? I know probably all your plans have changed with the current circumstances, but I'm sure there's still things you're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, I just want to get some really good harvest this year. Every year, for the last kind of five years or so, I've really tried to master one new vegetable and become self-sufficient in that one vegetable so this year is beans i've just potted or i've just sown 11 varieties of beans and i'm hoping to have a really good harvest of drying beans this year Mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of what my focus is on right at the moment yes I, i remember seeing your post about beans and asking how many should you plant how many did you end up planting I think I've got about 200 at the moment, but I'm one of these people that always gets like worried about numbers. So last year it was how many, how many onions should you plant to be self-sufficient? So this year it's how many beans should you plant to be self-sufficient? So we'll see. Yeah. So so how many onions did you plant to be self-sufficient then? Let's pull that back to last year. Yeah, I think it worked out to two or three a week or about 150 that you need to be self-sufficient but i think i've probably got about 50 at the moment growing yeah so it's not been a good year for the onions because i planted autumn onions back in september they're doing really well but my my kind of march my march planted ones aren't doing so well this year so well hopefully they'll catch up yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I found with autumn sown onion bulbs is that, yeah, I plant probably too many in the ground, but at the moment they're of a size that you can start eating them. And I've just run yeah. out of stocks in my garage. So, all those, although they're a bit small, there's nothing stopping me from eating them. So, I can just harvest those anyway. Yeah. Last year, I had 
no luck with my autumn ones, but my spring, my spring planted ones did amazingly well. So then I thought, right, if I get, if I manage to do really well with the autumn ones, my spring ones are going to be, you know, really good. And we, you know, we go from there, but the spring ones that I planted this year were my no dig bed. And I, I'm thinking that possibly, you know, there's still a bit of cardboard there. So the roots haven't been able to kind of really penetrate in and get lots of water. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Question I always like to ask is, do you have a favourite tool? Do I have a favourite tool? Do you know what? I'm going to go with my hands because I pretty much, I've got loads of tools, but I never have that tool with me, you know, whether I'm in the garden or at the allotment, but I've always got my hands there. So I don't even wear gloves. I just get in there and plant whatever, you know? Yeah, my hands. Hands. That's a, that's a very good answer because that's what I would also say is my favourite tool. Although I do wear gloves now most of the time. Yeah, I, I should, but I don't know. It's You can't feel... You know, what I, what I love about gardening is you, know, you get your hands in the soil and it's just this weird feeling, but it's, you yeah. know, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, totally agree, totally agree. <laughs> that sounds weird, but yeah. It doesn't sound weird at all. I think if you're a gardener, we know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. What about your favourite vegetable to grow? Pumpkin. Pumpkin? And squash. Oh, yeah. Interesting choice. Yeah. Last year wasn't so good with pumpkins, but the year before last, I harvested probably about 60 pumpkins from my home garden. Yeah, yeah. Are these eating pumpkins or are they Halloween pumpkins? They were eating pumpkins. We eat quite a lot of pumpkin in the house, but there was a few monster pumpkins. But um, yeah, they were, they were, you know, Jack B. Little was my favourite. I think I got 23 Jack B. Littles off one plant. Um, nice. Yeah, and they're really good. Nice, nice. I'm glad you said eating pumpkins because uh, everybody knows I get very annoyed with people who just grow pumpkins for Halloween because I see it as being very, very wasteful, personally. Yeah. I agree with you, to be honest, because it, it was probably only a, only a few years ago that I really started, you know, thinking about sustainability and where your food comes from and the amount of energy that goes into producing that that crop that then rots on somebody's doorstep because they they carved it for one evening and that was it. Yeah, yeah, and there's so many starving people in the in the country, let alone the world, and we're just growing a food crop to rot away. It, uh, yeah i've got to take a deep breath with that because it does get a little bit annoying however that being said i can't tell people what they can do or can't do with their own gardens and stuff but personally i just think it's very very wasteful yeah i think that will just about cover everything i wanted to know so thank you so much for joining me in this podcast erica it's been an absolute pleasure if anybody wants to find out more about you and follow you where do they head they can go onto my YouTube channel, which is Erica Zitter Welsh Garden. But I've also got a website where you can visit me there too. And I share my videos, some blogs, and also some recipes. Well, thank you so much for that, Erica. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Hopefully, we'll be able to chat again soon. And once this is all over, we may actually pop up to your allotment and do a little tour. Now, for everybody listening at home, if you want to find out more about Erica, I will add links to her website and YouTube channel 
to the vegrowpodcast.co.uk under the blog post of episode 306. Of course, if you want to email me, it's richard at vegrowpodcast.co.uk or you can find me on social media as well. Just search for the Vegrow Podcast. Well, that's it for today. Please take care. There won't be a podcast tomorrow as it's Sunday. I take Sundays off now. But we'll be back again Monday and I'll have lots to talk about. But for today, please take care and I'll speak to you again next time.